Hey, welcome to another episode of the Go With John Show. We just wrapped up our conversation with John Tomasello of Burke and Herbert Bank. He uh, chatted today with us about lending, uh, what you need to go through if you're self-employed to get a loan. John tells us a couple of great stories, one about his uh, grandmother, and you'll also enjoy hearing about the parallels between Burke and Herbert Bank and It's a Wonderful Life. So I hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed chatting with John Tomasello, Burke and Herbert Bank. So welcome to another episode of the Go With John Show. And today I'm excited to say we have John Tomasello here with us from Birkin Herbert Bank. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, really, uh, I'm very passionate about Birkin Herbert Bank. Uh, I've been banking with them since the 90s. It's a great organization. I think they have great values. And I think that's one of the, the cornerstones of being successful in business is to surround yourself with people who have great values because they, they, then I think you've got people in your corner who have your back, right? Sure. So, yeah. uh, so it's a great organization, but so, so tell me a little bit about yourself and, and, uh, how, you know, how did you end up at Burke and Herbert at Bank? Herbert. I guess, and, and please bring us through your travels through wall street. Cause we're always interested to hear about that. Well, you know, I, I, um, I got a job, with Fannie Mae because I was the only person that got an A in this class in quantitative analytics in college. Mm -hmm. So this guy that was the professor worked at Fannie Mae. Right. So I, um, he hired me and I thought, well, this is great. I'm going to be working for a candy company. Yeah. <laughs> and so I literally got there and I said, well, where's the candy? Where's the manufacturing plant? And he just looked at me with this weird look on his face. Like, how'd you get an A in my class? Right. <laughs> and I said, well, Tom, you said I'm going to be working for Fannie Mae. Where's the candy? He said, yeah. Fannie Mae's Federal National Mortgage Association, we do loans here. Right. So that's how I came into the business. And I worked there for a little while. And, um, you know, I just slowly pr progressed into, um, you know, all kinds of different things. Like we did the very first credit scoring model. Right. So this was back in the late 70s. Okay. And we built this thing. Now, remember, I'm fresh out of college. Yes. So I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm here to you know, make candy. Right. And um, <laughs> my job was to travel all around to the Fannie Mae offices and gather all this information about loans. Yeah. What makes a good one and what makes a bad one? So the, the rocket scientist guys, they developed the computer models. We put it all together and we took it to, um, to Congress. Yeah. We said, hey, we got this great thing, 100 points. You get 50 points, you get the loan. You get less than 50 points, you don't get the loan. Right. And the congressman said, we're not doing this. Get out of here. Right. And so we were gone. So we did that. Um, I got to be part of the team that developed the very first mortgage-backed security with okay. Solomon Brothers and uh, Lou Ranieri up there on Wall Street. Right. And that was my first taste of Wall Street. So, but uh, lo and behold, I went into retail and then I got into secondary marketing. And um, uh, my venture into Wall Street was because back in the mid-80s, there were these things called CMOs collateralized mortgage obligations. Right. You basically just take a bazillion dollars worth of loans, Yeah. you bundle them up, and right. then you strip them off. And and so you might buy them at par, but then you might sell them to a casualty company, a bank, and then a, an insurance company. And each of them, because they want a certain segment of this, uh, this security, they pay you more. Right. So they pay you 102 or 103. Right. So I just keep the difference. Right. So that was my foray into Wall Street. Okay. Um, and that's how I got into, you know, the, the real end of mortgage banking. But 
the, the spreads became very narrow. Um, a couple of years later, I just said, you know, I was flying up there every single day and mm-hmm. flying back every single day. Wow. Out of Newark Airport to the Gaithersburg Municipal Airport. Wow. So that's tough life. It was. How every, long did you do that? Two years. Okay. And um, the money was great. Can't complain about that. But I had a family to raise. And, yeah. you know, like I said, the spreads got very thin. Yeah. At, at one point, you're only making maybe 10 basis points. Right. So to me, it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. So I come back to Maryland. Um, I go into retail. Um, I spend a couple years in retail. And um, that led me to actually start you know, develop a bigger mortgage company for a big builder. Mm-hmm. So we took this little, this builder, this local builder, who ended up selling out to a huge conglomerate builder. Right. And um, we took that from virtually nothing up to where they were doing a billion dollars a year. Wow. So I actually did that for 24 years. Yeah. And then I retired. Yes. So now I'm playing golf every day, playing mm-hmm. with my grandkids. I'm loving life. Yes. I don't have a care in the world. Yeah. And I get this call from this guy at Bergen Harbor Bank. Right. And um, they basically say, hey, here's the job. You know, we're doing a couple loans a month. We're not really doing a lot. How'd you like to come on and expand it? Really need to get into LMI lending. Right. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. But what is LMI lending? Tell us. It's low and moderate income. Okay. So Bergen Herbert. Um, we just weren't doing enough. Yeah. So we really are pushing, and we're still pushing that, to do yeah. low and moderate income loans to people that really need them, that, you know, struggling to, mm-hmm. to bring up the cash that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're, so we've been expanding that, but it literally took um, four guys and Mr. Burke to actually get me to take this job because I was very happy just doing nothing all day long. Right. So right. um, I drive from Maryland. I leave the house around 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So that I can beat the two-hour traffic to uh, Alexandria. Yes. <laughs> and then I try and leave at 2 or 3, but lately I get there at 6 and I don't leave till 6 or 7 anymore. Right. You're back to work. I am. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's how I kind of came to Burke and Herbert. But yeah. the thing that really impressed me about the bank is before I actually accepted it, I would go to the branches and I would visit. Right. And... Um, you walk in there and everybody greets you at the door. Right. It's not like some of these big behemoth banks where nobody knows your name. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a place like It's a Wonderful Life. Right. Everybody knows your name at Birkenhurst. You're, You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And, yeah. and our our uh, you know our motto, our tagline is at your service. Right. So, you know, we're a community bank. We're about three point three billion, I think now. Yeah. And. Um, and everything that we do is based on the service to the customer. Right. How can we help you and how can we make it easier? What can we fix? Yep. So if you have an issue, they don't just push it off to another department. Let me try and figure it out for you or let me walk you over to somebody who can. Yeah, and you are absolutely correct. And I love that about the bank. I, I, I spend a lot of time uh, in and out of the Vienna branch and the folks there, Every time I walk in, they know my name, and there's very little turnover. I don't. I mean, yeah. in your in your in your bank in in general, uh, there's very little turnover. There are not too many businesses out there that um, that that I. Um, um, u- utilize their services yeah. where there's there's so, so little turnover as there is at Burke and Herbert. So yeah. it's nice. You still bank at the Vienna branch? Yeah, I do. Because yeah. you know they're building a new one. Yes. 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 Yes, but it, it it's still going to be the same. It will be the same people. Yes. It'll be the same friendly people. You get the same service, the great service. But yeah. um, 
they kind of outgrew that little teeny branch. Parking's tough there. Yeah. 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 You got to fight for the one or two spots that are out front. So. Yeah. I park over at the uh, shopping center next door so that yeah. I don't take up a space yeah. every now yeah, and yeah, then. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're opening uh, a branch in Fredericksburg. Nice. Uh, actually, maybe even two. I don't, I don't really, I'm not involved in the branch system itself, yeah. Yeah. but I do go out to a lot of the branches. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to expand that footprint. Uh, we did close one of the branches in Old Town because it was right down the street from the other one. Right, right, but, right. Um, Makes sense. You know, I was walking, the, my very first day on the job, I was walking with uh, uh, my boss, Joe Bonacorsi, who runs the uh, home equity line department. Right. And uh, we were walking up King Street, and I said, um, look at this office right here. There's bars on the window, and it's right here on Main Street. Who works there? And he goes, yeah. Well, that's Mr. Burke's office. <laughs> like, what? And I said, is he ever there? He goes, there right now. So I, wow. you know, I'd only talked to him. I'd never met him. Right. So he, he actually has a office right on King Street. And, um, you know, he's not there all the time. Sure. But he's out in the community all the time. He right. walks up and down the street. He yep. shakes hands. Yep, yep. And he still is a, is a good, you know, um, ambassador for the business that comes in. Right. Um, commercial loans, residential loans, he does it all. Yeah, fantastic. He's a, uh, I don't know if he's fourth, fifth, or sixth generation, but there's always been a Taylor yeah. uh, or a Burke yeah. at, the, at the company. Amazing. And uh, you asked me about, you know, the uh, parallels. and Yes. So I'm going to tell you that, you know, um, the, the stories, you, you've seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Where you walk in and, what's the guy's name, Rasmus or... I forget the old guy's name, the uncle or whatever his right. name is. So yeah. Jimmy Stewart walks in. Yeah, yeah. You know, where's the money? Where's the money? And the guy's got a parrot on his shoulder. The banker. The banker. Yes. And that was one of the Burks. I think it was Taylor Burke right. actually used to run the bank and had this parrot, I'm told, on his shoulder. And people would come in to talk to him and the parrot. That's amazing. And I just I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. Yes. That's a true story. <laughs> and, you, you know, if you're in the boardroom, you see all the different Burke's pictures up on the wall along with all the other. Yeah. But that, that was an interesting thing to me. That Yeah. Especially that Mr. Burke would just walk up and down. I constantly am, you know, I'll go get a cup of coffee and I'll see him just walking up and down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's great. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, that's what a community bank should be. Yeah. You know, absolutely. You know, low turnover and the uh, pr the principals, the managers, the, the branch managers are part of the community. And that's what it is at Burke and Herbert. And it's nice. Well, here's another thing, too. Um, if, I, can I, if I can put in a plug for the bank. Absolutely. When we make, let's say we make a loan and it doesn't quite fit the cookie cutter mold. Right. So we don't have to send it to a big committee, wait two or three weeks. I go to Joe and, and Jeff and I say, hey, guys, here's this loan. Yeah. Let's take a look at the merits. Do we want to do this loan or not? And within 10, 15 minutes, we've made a decision. Right. So whereas most places you go, you got to wait, you know, 45 days for somebody, yeah, yeah, some yeah, big yeah, wig yeah. to make a decision and sign off on it. Yeah, it's cool. And, and that's what goes on at Burke and Herbert. You yeah. Know, we have that ability to make that decision pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think technically you're the oldest bank in Virginia. Is that correct? We were founded in 1852. Okay. In fact, when I had to get a couple licenses, I said, you know, where's our charter? What, you know, and they handed me this piece of paper that literally looked like the Declaration of Independence. Wow. It, it looked that old. It was, you know, it was crusted on the sides and yeah. it had somebody's signature on it. And I, I want to say it was December. I don't know. But it was dated 1852. Is that on display somewhere? That should be. I have it in my computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's actually on display anywhere. But, yeah, 1852. Right. Uh, so we're, there are lots of, like, 
I don't want to name any names because a lot sure. of these people nowadays wouldn't be politically correct to tell right. you who was on our board in the sure, stuff sure. back in the 1800s. But lots of generals and congressmen and senators are bankers with us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but we really want to reach out to the entire community all across the spectrum. Right. Uh, doing our fair lending and, and making sure that we're serving the entire community. Yeah. And not just, you know, the congressmen and senators and things right. like that. Right, right, Fantastic. Well, I think you guys do a great job at it. So uh, thank you. Good deal. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, okay. uh, you've got a uh, you're going to tell me about your grandmother. Oh, OK, I will. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll be right back. OK. So, John, you've got a uh, story or two you can share with us about your grandmother. My grandmother. Yeah, my grandmother was uh, first-generation Italian. Okay. Uh, they came over on the boat. I, I think it was the Mauritania with my, my then-grandfather. Okay. Now, now this will give you a little insight. To my grandfather was 45 at the time, and she was 17. Wow. Yeah, a little robbing the cradle there. Yeah. But um, so, anyway, they met on the boat. They came over, and um, the rumor has it that he was in the Cosa Nostra. Right. Which is, you know, modern day mafia, I guess. Yeah. And so they had to change the name. So technically my name is Tomaselli with an I. Yeah. But they knew that Tomaselli was Cosa Nostra from Sicily. Right. So they changed it from an I to an O when they came over. And so that's how they actually got into the country because they weren't letting Tomaselli in. Wow. So anyway, years and years later, um, I, I was having this conversation with my grandmother, and I was like, you know, I never knew my grandfather. Uh, Dad said that he died of pneumonia. Yeah. And she goes, and she starts laughing. Yeah. And she goes, pneumonia. And then she says, if you father, grandfather has a die of a pneumonia, it's only because of all of the bullet holes, a two is a chest. <laughs> <laughs> so she knew. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was my first, you know, even getting a haircut. You wow. know, over in Wheaton, Maryland, you see all these guys coming in in black trench coats and yeah. fedora hats. And you wonder, what are they doing in a barbershop? Right. So interesting parallel. Yeah. And my. Um, so what year was that? What year was was your grandfather killed? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. He, I didn't, never knew him. OK. So it had to be, you know, I guess before the 50s. Yeah. I don't really know. I yeah. never met him, never knew him. Right. Nothing. And then, of course. All my father's brothers were killed also. Wow. So, yeah. And my, wow. Uh, that's, my mother's <laughs> that's made there. Oh, it's a it's a fascinating story. But my mother's uh, maid of honor was one of the Bonanno daughters. Wow. So, yeah. And he was, of course, the Cabo de Cap de Tutti. Of yeah. The, so it's just, you know, but I never knew any of that end of it. I was just always, always around it, but never. So, yeah. Me. So you, you skirted out. Yeah. So you went to college and you got on your own uh, path. Uh Away from the family business. I did. I did. Uh, yeah, I was into baseball and golf. And, uh, you know, now my passion is golf, of course. But, but right. the grandkids take up a lot of time, too. Yeah. So how often do you golf? Uh, well, used to be every day. Right. I, I got it down to about a two. Yeah. But now I'm more like an eight. And right. I, I play once a week, you okay. know, in the weekends with my brothers. Okay. What do you love about golf? What is it you love about the game? It's You know, it's the serenity, but the competition. You know, right. you're always fighting against yourself, but then you're playing against your friends. And, you know, the other thing is you can play with anybody. Yeah. You know, anybody, even if they shoot 120, yeah. you just give them strokes and yeah. you go out there and you, okay and, and it's a close match even though they may shoot 120 and you shoot 78 right so right. you know but it's the serenity it's getting away from the hectic because 
you know, mortgage banking, everything's a crisis. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to get in their home or they have to close. Yeah. And um, especially when rates are going up and yeah. or, you know, nowadays, as you know, everything's being written non-contingent. Right. Even if you have to get a loan. So yeah. there's no t- nothing you can't screw it up. Right. Exactly. So how do you cope with the stress? Um, you know that I I'm a fairly laid back person. I and, see that and yeah, pretty calm. Um, so my demeanor, you know, as I get older too, I get more calm. Yeah. Um, and I just take deep breaths, and you know, sometimes I'll just walk away from it. Right. Just I just got to get away from it. You know. Right. And, you know, you got loan officers that are screaming at you. I need this deal done. I need that deal done. And then mm-hmm. your processor's saying, "Well, I don't have this document or that document." Right. And then so then you got the underwriters saying, "Well, I don't even like the loan." Yeah. <laughs> so so you have to be the diplomat. Yeah, you're stuck in the middle. Yeah, and you yeah. don't want to tick anybody off. Sure. So sure, you just sure. try and be nice, even though you want to scream at them. Yeah. But, you know, you just take it all in and you try and find a happy compromise. Yeah, so how, how many people do you work with that are getting uh, pre-qualified before they go out and find a house? Or is it usually they find a house and then they're calling you for the loan? No, virtually everyone gets pre-qualified. That's really good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And, well, I, and, and I, I highly recommend that for anyone listening that... You know, I run into uh, quite a few people who get deep into the process before they decide to get their financing in line. And then it turns out they can't do what they thought they could do. Right. Or it turns out they can do a lot more than they thought they could do. You know, we can you know, it's funny. We can usually get them more than they think they can get or more than they want it. Exactly. Every now and then it's the other way around. But the the biggest problem is, you know, you'll pull their credit and there'll, there'll be something on there that they didn't know was on there that you, might mess it up. You know what? And that's that, that's that's a really valuable piece of information. And I've heard that from so many lenders Yeah. Um, over the last 20 years that I've been in the real estate industry. It's the lenders say all the time that that people get surprised by what's on their credit report. So really, if you're thinking about buying a house and you want to get out there and have a transaction, the first thing you should do is engage with a lender and get your credit pulled and find out what's going on. A lot of people will say I hear from the lenders because I'm not in the lending side of, of real estate, but I hear. Uh, people will tell lenders, you know, I want to get pre-qualified, but I don't want you to pull my credit. Do oh, you hear yeah. that a lot? Not a lot, but... You do get that? Th- that They're not serious. Okay. Now, here, they, a lot of them will have... They'll shop around. Yeah. So they may have one or two or three lenders, but what they don't realize is that if, if I'm pulling your credit, if three different lenders are pulling your credit, yeah, your scores might go down two or three points. Right. But if I pull your credit 15 times within 30 days, it's not going to go down. Right. Um. So they are shopping around, and that's why they think, well, if you pull my credit, my score is going to drop 10 or 15 points. Right. That's not really true. Yeah. Um, but this this myth also is out there that I have to have a 700 credit score to get a loan. Right. And, and you don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, FHA doesn't really even have a minimum credit score, but mm-hmm. the, the investors that buy them, they do. Yeah. And, and they fluctuate. Now, it used to be, you know, 580 to 620, but but a lot of our investors are saying, hey, we want 640 or 660 now. Right. And so it's, you know, a lot of customers are saying, wow, I heard I can't get a loan without a 660. But there's still plenty of lenders out there will go down to 620. Yeah. Um, but, you you know, there's also this um, this myth that you have to have 50 or $60,000. Mm-hmm. And that's not true either. Right. So what do you have to have? So what do you what do okay. you tell? So. Is there an average Joe for you? Uh-huh. Like, like you're, is there, is there a, uh, what is kind of the average 
uh, consumer that comes that lands on your desk uh, looking for a loan? And what advice would you give them? What is so? So you may not have an average Joe. I'm not assuming. I'm just wondering if do you have like a bulk of your uh, customers Uh that fall into the same kind of bucket from a from a you know Um, net worth perspective? Not really. Um, You know this. Alexandria McLean is a haven for high net worth people, sure. obviously. Um, but across the board, 660 is like your average credit score. Okay. But you can't really put a an equity on it right now because there's so many people. Prices have gone up so much that they, everybody seems to have 20 or 30 or 40% equity. Right. But for the person actually buying a home, um, you know, typically 10% down. Yeah. But we want people to know that you can still buy a home with 3% down payment. Right. Um, FHA requires three and a half, but Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have these home ready programs where it's only three percent. Yeah. Um, we at Burke and Herbert, we have grants that we can give people too. Mm-hmm. So if their income is below the median family, eighty percent below, we can give them a seventy-five hundred dollar grant. Wow. And they don't have to pay this back; they can use it towards down payment or closing. Wow. And then, as you know, if you can convince the seller to pay some of the closing costs. I mean, you can get in with very little cash down. Right. But it's got to be the right opportunity. And right now, with everybody backing, you know, bidding up and jacking up the prices, right. it's hard to get the sellers to do anything. Right, right. Now, where do you write mortgages? Do you write mortgages in all markets in Virginia, or are you just in the markets where you have branches? Um, we actually do loans in Florida, all up and down the East Coast. Okay. I just did one in Montana. Because, wow. Because we're a national bank. Right. Uh, well, even though we're just local. Yeah. But most, you know, 90% of what I do is here in Virginia and Maryland and D.C. Gotcha. Um, and, and we're starting to do a lot more with the low and moderate income families. Right. Um, and I just want people to know that, you know, that's that's available to you. Right. Uh, but, you know, we because you know, it's so expensive to live here. We also have phenomenal jumbo pricing too. Mm -hmm. So we just came out with a, you know, 3% jumbo loan up to $3 million. Right. And there's no points on that. So, you know, your APR is only like 3.03. Right. So it's a great product as well. Um, But then we just have all the other basic stuff as well. Yep. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. But you're, you're absolutely a hundred percent right. Go in and get pre-qualified first. Get yeah. that pre-qualification letter. Yep. I know most people don't put a whole lot of stock in it. Yeah. But at least you'll know, you know, what you can afford, what you can get. Or what you want to spend. Yeah. 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 It's it's so it really is so important. It's so important. And then and then get your credit pull to make sure there's not a surprise there, you know? Yeah, because yeah. you've got to get it fixed quickly. Yeah. If and there are companies out there that will help you fix it. And then yeah. the other thing we can do is if somebody you know, has a lower credit score, let's say uh, maybe they're in the 560, 580. Yeah. We have a model, a computer model that we can pull and it will tell us what to do right. to get your score up. So nice. the, f- the first pe- thing people like to do is they want to pay off their debts. Yeah. Well, that's not always a good thing. Yes. Because if I have a, a car loan, let's say, and it only has $2,500 left, right. but I pay it off, well, now it's not on my credit report, so it's not increasing my scores. Oh, gotcha. So we gotcha. tell them, no, if you can qualify, just leave it on there. Yeah. You know, I mean, that brings up a thing because I do a lot of land uh, transactions oh, it, it, with it, with the new home uh, construction that we do. And I meet people all the time that uh, have cash. Let's say they have 300000 okay. in cash. They go to a lender. They get pre-qualified, then they find a piece of land they want, 
and the land is $300,000. So now they use their 300,000 to buy the land and they mm -hmm. don't involve the lender. Well, now they don't qualify for the loan anymore <laughs> because they've spent their cash. And right, you know, so you can accidentally do things yeah. that you think are going to be helpful to your situation that actually uh, hurt your situation. So yeah. it's good advice. Yeah, good very advice. much so. Good advice. All right, fantastic. So uh, we're chatting with uh, John Tomasello. We are going to take another quick break and we're going to come back for our final segment. Thanks for all that information, John. Okay. So we are back with uh, John Tomasello. So far, I've gotten your name right every, every time. time. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's a victory in and of itself. Even my mother can't pronounce it right. So. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she probably still says Tomaselli, huh? She probably does. I don't even think she knows who I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. So, so, uh, so, all right, let's talk about, let's talk about, so thanks again for coming in. I'm really enjoying, uh, hearing about your programs and learning a little more about you. And I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate, like I said, about the, uh, Burke and Herbert institution. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm, it's, it, really it, is. it, it is so hard. I mean, if you just stop for a second and think about it, it is really hard to get a business going. It is even harder to keep a business going. It gets, you know, as time goes on, it gets more complicated and more difficult and you're growing, you have growing pains. And, but to, but to have a, a company that's been around for a couple hundred years is just mind boggling to me, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, and it's, uh, I haven't been down to Old Town Alexandria in a long time. I used to go there all the time. In fact, I used to live on Duke Street uh, in the eighties. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I remember the old one arm bandit, uh, adding machine on the counter at Burke and Herbert, where you could go in and add up your deposit and print out the ticket. And you would take your paper ticket up to the counter with your deposit slip. And, uh, it was just a really cool experience for me. And it, and it's still today, uh, sticks with me. Um, yeah. well, you, you know, and, and, and they didn't even have a computer in the company until I think I want to say in the 90s right when everybody else was doing them in the 80s it may have even yeah. been later than that yeah so even in the 90s you would walk in with the old passbook yeah and they yeah. would fill out the passbook for yeah. you yeah and one of the older Burks said I want everyone to know their name right and so we have a such a loyal clientele a lot of people just call and say you know, I, I'm not shopping around. Burke and Herbert is my bank. Right. Burke and Herbert Bank is my bank. And yeah. I, my father was here, my grandfather's here, and I will be a, a member here. Yeah. And it's just amazing to me how many people feel that way. Yeah, it is. It, it really so is. It's, it's well, they've earned it. Yeah. And you earn it. You earn it one client at a time, and it takes years and years and years. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes years and years and years to develop that bond with the, with the uh, customer. So I'm glad you're here. Yeah. But you even know. our commercial clients, I mean, they're not just numbers to the commercial guys and, and to us in the mortgage department. So right. if somebody's missed a payment, we give them a call. We yeah. don't just send them a notice. Right. We call them up and say, nice. is there any problem? Is, yeah. Can we help in any way? Yeah, that's the way it should be. That's what we do. Yeah, nice. So let's talk about uh, a little bit about um, lending again. Okay. And so... When you're self-employed, I, I, I think that's that's a whole thing, getting a mortgage. Uh, so what do you put people through when you're self-employed? So for, for all the folks out there listening that are business owners, if you want to get a mortgage, it's totally different than if you're if you get a W-2, right, and you're working for another company. Without a doubt, especially if you got a loan back in 04, 05, or 06, yeah. and this is 
common. Everyone tells me this. Well, I didn't have to give you all this stuff back then. Right. Well, that was then, and this right. is now. It's like interest rates. If you call me and say, I got a quote yesterday, that's no good anymore because I get rates three or four times a day now. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's the same thing. So you, when you ask about the self-employed people, yeah, and for, a, for in a manner of speaking, we put you through hell. Yeah. And it's because of, mostly because of COVID right now. So if you're a self-employed person, um, typically you would have to give two years of tax returns. Right. If you own more than 25% of the company, then you need to give the business tax returns. Right. And they always seem to forget to give us the K-1s because yeah. the K-1s, even though the company may have made money, you may not have profited from that K-1. So the right. K-1 tells us how much you got. Yeah. But the, the, the biggest thing with COVID is now you have to sign an attestation form, which is something no one had ever done until COVID. So now the, the form says, you know, my business hasn't suffered any setbacks because of COVID. Mm -hmm. We're still doing the same amount of business or we're not. Right. Or this is how we're impacted and this is how we're going to get through it. Yeah. Um, you cannot use the COVID income or, or the income from the government as income, but yet you have to count the debt. So you get screwed there. Right. Um, but then the biggest thing for the self-employed person is now you need a profit and loss statement. Mm -hmm. Now, the profit and loss statement is a double-edged sword. If the profit and loss statement shows us that you made more money than you did on your tax returns last year, well, then we use the tax returns from last year, mm. which, okay, but I made more. But, but we don't know that. This is just your handwritten P&L. Right. However, if the P&L shows less income, then we use the P&L. That's not fair. It's it's screwy. It's <laughs> wacky. Um, and so, but so if your income is increasing, then we average your income. But if your income is decreasing more than say fifteen or twenty percent, then we use the lower income. Wow. So when we get your tax returns, what we're looking at is how much revenue did you bring in? Yeah. So, so let's say you have a, a, a medium-sized company and you brought in you know, $3,600,000 last year in revenue. Right. We want to look at that bank statement and make sure that you were bringing in about $300,000 a month in revenue. Right. Because that's what you put on your P&L. Right. And so, you know, if those bank statements don't show that, then we put you to the third degree. Well, right. now, a lot of businesses are cyclical. Yeah. So we get that. So we try and go back a little bit further. But at the very least, because they've extended the tax deadline now, a lot of people haven't filed tax returns. Yeah. So now I need 2020 tax returns, and I need the first quarter P&L for 2021. Right. I just went through that with a refi. And I, I, I started my refi in January, and they asked for a P&L for 21. And I said, 21. are you serious? I go, it's it's two weeks old, uh, 2021. <laughs> And uh, but but it, it took so long to get the refi done. I finally ended up having to produce a, a P&L for um, uh, this year. It was then it got to be February, March before the um, before the loan closed. But, yeah, yeah it was a, it was very, very frustrating experience for me. You know, it was uh, it was not a lot of fun. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I can I can imagine you must be you must have a lot of uh, self-employed folks that are really frustrated with uh, with you and your phone calls. <laughs> well, you know, I, I get involved personally in a lot of them. So because I want to make sure if the loan officer doesn't see something and we have computer models, we yeah. run them to as well. But 
you know, a lot of self-employed people write off a lot. Yeah. So I got this one customer uh, who was in a construction business, mm -hmm. and I looked at the tax returns, and I said, there's nothing here. Mm -hmm. what, what am I going to use here? She writes off everything. Right. And um, the customer was like, well, and she was looking for a big loan, like 3 or $4 million. Yeah. And, and, and the comment was, well, how could I survive if I didn't make the kind of money I'm telling you? Right. It's like, I understand that. I, I believe that you do. Right. But I can't prove it. Right. right. So... I, you know, I, I, just, I couldn't do the loan. Yeah. There's just nothing on the tax return. She just wrote everything off that she could possibly write off so that she didn't have to pay any taxes. Right. So right. that, that happens. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, you know, you get these, um, people that start their own business. Well, we have to show that you've been in business for two full years. Mm -hmm. So you filed two full years of tax returns. Right. Now that's where Burke and Herbert bank really is different than other banks. If we look at a situation and we have a commercial relationship, we're all about the relationship. Right. So if we know your business and we know what's going on, we can look at that and say, okay, maybe they haven't quite been, you know, this long. Right. We're very comfortable that they're bringing in the revenue, they say. Yeah. So you wouldn't get that at a big bank that has a cookie cutter model. Right, right. So that's what we do. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And then just just to talk a little bit about the W-2 folks, then, you, you know, so so the qualification process for them is a lot easier, right? You just need a... It is. Um, to some extent, we all use these computer models that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have. Right. And, and FHA. And we run them through the computers. And if the computer says yes, then, you know, we're pretty good. If it yeah. says... If it says refer, yeah. then we kind of have to look at it. If it says caution, then it's probably not going to work right. unless we can figure out why. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing that people should know is that it isn't so much about the net income that you bring in. Yeah. VA still does that. Yeah. VA takes your net income and they take out all your bills mm -hmm. and your mortgage. And if you have like four or five, six hundred bucks left over, you can get the loan. Yeah. But FHA and conventional... They have two ratios. You know, one is the payment to the debt, mm -hmm. and the other, the more important one, the back ratio, is your income uh, divided into your total monthly debts. Mm -hmm. And we really want that to be around 45%. Mm -hmm. So if your uh, income is 10000 a month, mm -hmm. we want your mortgage plus your car loan, credit cards, student loans, everything to be under $4,500. Right. That's not a rule. Technically, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will approve a loan up to 50%. Mm -hmm. And FHA will go all the way up to 57 Yeah. But we want you to be more comfortable than that. So we, yeah. we kind of look for that guideline. And a lot of the investors are saying, no, we're not going to go up to 57 even though FHA allows us to. Right. So right, that's, right. that's the biggest thing. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. The, 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 the other, um, I, I don't know if it's an oxymoron or what you would call it, but you, you want to be totally open with the lender because we will find out it sure we almost always do right we have these things like LexisNexis, which is a system it's it's kind of like the fbi for in computers that we right. can access so we can find out all kinds of stuff about you that you never disclose to us right and and the biggest one that i find interesting is how many times somebody will give me a tax return they don't realize that we're going to pull their taxes from the irs anyway right and it'll be different Right. That just boggles my mind that someone would give me a tax return thinking I'm not or they will they will have a side business that's either making money or losing money, but they forget to tell me. Right. And so or they'll have real estate 
that they didn't tell us about that, you know, maybe they're losing money or they're making money on that. Mm-hmm. You got to give all the information you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So that's the, and, and verifying the cash, you know, yeah. you can't just show up with cash on a mortgage loan. Right. Got to verify. Right, right. So. Yeah. And, and, and go, it goes back to what I said earlier at the beginning of this segment. You know, you start with uh, your, your, your situation. If you have cash, don't spend it. <laughs> yeah, and don't buy right? anything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> don't go out and get that car. Don't, uh, don't go out and pay cash for land if you want to build a house. Don't do anything without working with your lender. Don't but, change jobs. Exactly. Because we, we now verify your employment sometimes the day of closing. Yeah. Uh, usually it's three or four days before that. Yeah. And also we check your credit couple days before closing too to make sure that you haven't got any additional credit right now that opens up the door to a whole new conversation uh in in real estate law which are uh surrounding the uh financing contingency on a contract right so you you know you got to work with your real estate professional on uh keeping that financing contingency in place uh, because your loan isn't really approved until literally sometimes hours before settlement and it says on the commitment that if you anything changes, we have the right to look at it and rescind yeah. our approval. Exactly. So, exactly. so that's all careful. good advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's all good advice. So, John, to tack a little bit. So I, I asked you during the last break, and I, I don't I don't know if you have anything or not, and if you don't, Nick, just edit this little piece out here. But did you uh, did you uh, did you come up with anything that that you maybe can share with folks some advice or some lessons learned from the road or uh... um, the the one piece that I just said is give give the lender all the information you possibly can right work with somebody that if you don't like somebody first of all you're never going to trust them work right. with somebody that you like and that you trust right and um, make sure that. Um, that lender is using all the information and you, he's given you a pre-qualification letter that you can depend on. Because as you know, when you go to put in that offer, what is it like 20 some percent of deals are paying cash right? and 40% are going non-contingent. Right. So if you at least have that pre-qualification letter, that seller might be a little more willing to look at your offer as opposed to someone else's. Right. Good advice. Uh, yeah. Good advice. So what about personal lessons learned? Personal from a lessons. business perspective, like Personal like getting ahead in business, getting uh... well, uh, I, I here's the story I like to tell everybody. Okay, that it, it's all about compromise. Yes. I've been married almost forty five years. Yep, to the most wonderful woman in the world, and in forty five, we dated for three years before that. Okay, we have never ever in 47, 48 years had an argument. Wow, ever about anything. Wow, and it's because. You have to compromise. Right. And it, whether it's your lender or your realtor or the buyer and seller or whoever you're working with. Right. Just compromise. Nothing's, sure. Nothing's really that awful, is it? Right. So just learn to compromise. Yeah. yeah. That's good advice. Yeah, that's really good advice. That's amazing. So congratulations on uh, your amazing uh, marriage. <laughs> you and you look you look good for it. You look healthy and you look happy. And uh, so it's got it's all got to be the woman you marry. <laughs> well, I hope she listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fantastic, John Tomasello. Thank you so much for uh, coming in today. Really enjoyed. Uh, the, uh, the stories and uh, your experiences with uh, the lending world that we live in today. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Excellent. Thanks, John.
Hey, John, thanks for coming in. I hope you all enjoyed this uh, episode and go out there and build something extraordinary.